0: This episode is sponsored by Raygun. Discover, diagnose, and understand the root cause of error, crash, and performance issues in your apps in seconds. See how your apps are really performing and where they encounter problems with Raygun's incredible full-stack software intelligence platform. Raygun works with all major programming languages and platforms, including iOS, Android, and Xamarin, giving you full visibility over every issue affecting your users. I use Raygun in all of my own apps and highly recommend you give it a try. It only takes a few minutes and you're up and running in your app. Sign up for a free trial today over at raygun.com and make sure to thank them for sponsoring Gone
1: Mobile. Welcome back to another episode of Gone Mobile. How you doing, John? I'm doing well. And you know what? We always talk about how the weather is here, but how are things on on your end of the eastern coast? (laughs) Weather's kind of
0: crummy. Um, you know, we're in, it's been like down to seventies and rainy. Um, but the the weather inside my house has just been mostly noisy, which is causing all sorts of problems with recording lately with some construction, but we're hoping we caught them on a lunch break and that that I'll be able to, to talk through this episode. (laughs) Um, so yeah, for for this one, like this is this is a topic I'm personally super excited about. Like this is what I personally think is one of the most exciting things going on over in the the Microsoft and Xamarin worlds right now, and project wise. Um, and that's some stuff that was announced, uh, sort of announced at Build this year when when Miguel you know announced his favorite product name, named the the Embedinator four thousand. And I've been kind of dying to to talk about this ever since. I've been playing with it a bit myself, um, and to. To get us into that, you know, who better than to bring in someone from the team who's who's actually a, a previous guest from from way back on the show? Uh, I didn't look up the the episode number, but it must have been at least a few years ago. Uh, but uh, we're we're happy to welcome back Jonathan Peppers to the show. How you doing, Jonathan? Hey guys, how's it going? Good, good. And you're you're over at uh, Microsoft now, huh?
2: Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I've been thinking about uh making the switch for a while and it just kinda things lined up and now I'm on the Xamarin Android team uh you know working on you know, my first project actually is Embeddonator four thousand so I was you know pretty excited <laughs> to <laughs> jump in on something really uh new and shiny, you know.
0: Yeah, like we were just saying before we hit the record button, like that—that's pretty awesome. But that's also uh, a hell of an onboarding. Uh, yeah, it's kind of trial by fire there, I guess, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah. Luckily, um, you know, there's other people who are working on the project. Uh, I think the the main guy is Zhao uh, Matos, but um, there's a lot of stuff involved with the project. Um, you know, uh, we could talk about a little bit what Inventator's goal is. Um, but really what we're trying to do is to make .net libraries accessible from other languages and other platforms and that means not only just making a way to call into C# Sharp, but making it nice to call into C# Sharp from those other languages so you know it's a it's a big project it's still in progress but
1: so, can you kind of expand on a, a higher level overview of of what Embedinator is, like how how it kind of works on a and before we get into all the technical details of it?
2: Yeah. So it's a right now it's a command line tool that uh, you'll run it on a .NET assembly, and it'll spit out a file to be used, you know, from another language or platform. And so, you know, on iOS that's a framework. Um, on Android, it's an AR file, uh, and other platforms, you know, like it supports C and uh, some other languages, and so it can also compile down to native libraries.
0: Yeah, and this is, it's pretty awesome, because it basically kind of like flips the script on the, the sort of uh, Xamarin and .NET embedding story from where it was before, where, you know, Previously, we could just create bindings to to native things and use those from the .NET side of the world uh, using Xamarin and those tools. But now this sort of reverses that and says, okay, we could take our .NET stuff and plug that into to native, you know, Objective C applications or what have you, which is which is pretty crazy. Um, so does that? So when you say that it's a command line tool that where you take you take a .NET assembly and you know run it through this tool, is that working then just against uh, IL directly, or does it depend on the the language that was used to generate that DLL? Uh,
2: yeah, I think it it uses uh, Mono Cecil to look at the types, uh, and on each platform, you know, it it might differ what happens, but it's basically Going to load that assembly with Mono on the platform. Um, so, you know, for, in the case of iOS and Android, uh, it gets a little complicated as how that specifically specifically works. But on Android, we're basically um, it works the same way as our an Android app does. Uh, so the .NET assemblies get added into the final APK um, and loaded. Uh, we don't have any AOT compilation or anything like that.
1: yeah, so that that means like that there's no problem if I want to call into some of the you know managed wrapper apis with an Android, like I want to use an activity or something from Android in my net code. Um that just all sort of seamlessly works if I pull that into my native Java app eventually.
2: Yeah, so um, if you any class, let's say you subclass javeling object like like an activity or a view, um those things work the same way Xamarin Android works in a Xamarin Android app. Um, there is some uh, you know, you have to mark your classes with what package you want them to go into. Um but other than that the experience is pretty seamless
1: to what, what you expect in Xamarin Android. So do you do that with like a, an attribute or something on your class? So I guess the, the story then is there's maybe a little bit of massaging of your C-sharp code to kind of get it to play perfectly nice uh, once it comes out the other end.
2: Yeah, this uh, uh, it's the register attribute. It's Android runtime register. And it's been around a while because there's mm-hmm. you know some other cases you would need it. Um, but otherwise, if you leave it off, um, it it generates a random package name that's like a md5 hash right Um, right so you could use it that way um if it was someone else's c-sharp library that may be what you would have to do Um, but yeah that's that's the current state of it i'm sure we could improve on that
0: over time (laughs) right yeah for sure this is just early stages but still pretty cool um, okay, so so digging into to Android a little bit more, um, you know, let's let's try and get a little deeper on, you know, some of the mechanics of what's actually going on here. So you mentioned that you're kind of generating an, an AAR package. Um, so does that bring with it kind of the, you mentioned the the kind of classic way of bundling the way that Mono for Android or Xamarin, then Xamarin Android works where there's the Mono runtime kind of living side by side with wrappers that talk back and forth? Is it the, the exact same story?
2: Yeah, um we actually uh, um we include uh Xamarin Android in the AR package. Uh so if you if you looked inside of it, um, you'll see some familiar things that you would see in a Xamarin Android APK. So you, you would see uh it's like lib-mono-sgen, which is actually mono and then libmonodroid which has all the, you know, low level glue that makes everything work. Um but if, if we take a step back, like an AR file, what that is, is if, if you haven't ever seen one, it's the same as a, a Java jar file. So it has compiled Java code in it. It can have native libraries in it. And then it has some Android-specific stuff in it, like assets, resources, all of those things you'd be used to as an Android developer. And so we're able to use this file format to package up uh, .NET libraries in the same
0: way. And then, how does, how do, what's the story around things like garbage collection and all that yet? Does that just work the way that that you would expect it to previously, given that you have Mono running in, you know, Mono bundled inside that package and then running inside the application kind of side by side? Yeah,
2: everything works the same as a Xamarin Android app uh, as far as the runtime goes. Um, So, uh, in the end, we're trying to, um, what we want to do is use Xamarin and Android installed on your system so that, you know, that's the way, um, you know, things are going to version and going to work. Uh, right now, obviously, if you tried to have multiple uh, Embedinator AR files, I think things would get a little hairy.
1: <laughs> that was going to be my next question. So if, if you do that, you're you're probably going to want to you know take all of your. Can you like can you add multiple DLLs to one AAR package through the command line tool? Is that kind of how you'd go around that?
2: Yeah. So you can you can pass multiple .NET assemblies. Um, it will automatically find all the dependencies um, needed, so you don't have to list every single assembly. Um, it also it, it also runs the linker. Uh, just so that the AR isn't huge, it uh, does link SDK assemblies
1: only, basically. Um, okay. So, so what does like a generated library actually look like size wise? Like, what kind of minimum footprint are we talking about?
2: Um, it would be the same if if you think about taking the same code and just making a Xamarin Android app. Um, it's probably going to be about 10, 10 megabytes with all of the um, ABIs, and you can obviously turn some of those off if you don't want to support them all. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's very similar to a Xamarin Android app would be.
0: Cool. And then are there any kind of tricky situations that you could end up in? Like, let's say you have a Java app that you want to embed a bunch of code in, or you want to embed a bunch of .NET code in. That .NET code is, say, some Xamarin Android code that itself calls into wrappers of other Java libraries and activities or views or what have you, and you end up with this potentially the sort of like inception, you know, and layers deep of, you know, callbacks back and forth between the languages. Is there anything that you need to worry about around that? Yeah, some of the more hairy uh,
2: situations would be is if the library uses the support libraries or Google Play services or, you know, things like that. Uh, And so what we recommend uh, for those situations is to uh, omit those from your AAR package and add them on the Android side. And assuming that you've got the same versions on both sides, things are going to work. Uh, It's probably, you know, there's some areas where you're going to have to work around, like manually working with some resources and things like that. But um, I think right now it's in a state where people can certainly play around and get their projects to work but there's definitely a lot to to get this solid where it's going to all you know work perfect and smooth for every developer you know
1: so don't want it to seem like we're you know grilling you too much about you know what works and what doesn't but i think one of the the obvious potential use cases for this would be like xamarin form so if i want to uh, I can't imagine what the XAML story would look like behind that, so maybe you can you can kind of speak to that or some ideas about that. But if I wanted to pull in Xamarin Forms in my Java app and my Objective C app or my Swift app, um, could I do that today?
2: Yeah. So the dilemma here is, it, it, if you've looked at Xamarin Forms, they uh, kind of have all this startup code that you put in your app. Now they have uh A new feature called Xamarin Forms embedding where you can create an Android fragment or an iOS view controller and put it inside a Xamarin application. Well, I I did a little um, experiment. Uh, I actually did it live on Twitch, which was maybe a little crazy, but to see if I could uh, make this you know, get this to work. And beforehand, all I had tested was that uh, Embedonator spit-out output, you know. Uh, So I was going to live, (laughs) see if I could get it to work.
1: What could go on? on. No pressure. Yeah,
2: yeah, so I I took, uh, David Ortonow had a sample that I think he showed off at Build. It's basically just a weather app. And he has one screen that is Xamarin forms, and uh, the, main the main app has, like, fragment, fragment activity, which just pushes the forms, the forms on it and on it. Um, so I, I so took that, took that, that sample app as, as is. is. Uh, I had to make a couple, a couple small changes, uh, you know, with the register attribute, some things like that, um, but I was actually able to get his project to work within Android Studio, and not just uh, like launching an activity that was a C Sharp activity, but I actually got it to create a fragment and in Java push that fragment onto the screen. Um, so
0: maybe you nothing, know, we, we can link like to Nothing like a them. live audience to help, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, it was my first time ever uh, streamed on Twitch, so there's probably like two people watching, but you know. <laughs> but history was
0: made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I assume that that's shipping. That's stable now, right? That's done? Uh, (laughs) Well, uh, one dilemma there was uh,
2: uh, if there's any Java libraries used, right now, Embedinator doesn't actually include those as well. So uh, Xamarin.Forms has a a small library. It's it's like Forms View Group uh, is what it's called. And I think that's just an optimization they have. but I had to actually add that library to my Java project. Uh, so it, it was workaround, you know, as something I could get it to work. But in the end, it would be nice if that would also get included.
0: So when you're thinking about sort of the the potential use cases for um, nation, I'm going to have to get used to, to <laughs> saying it like that because it feels like I'm stuttering, but it's <laughs> still a great name. Um, like, do you see this as being more useful for? you know quote unquote standard .net code that might have been portable that would be like a class library you know a net standard 2 class library or something that you want to share with other platforms or do you see it more on the the UI side for being able to say do what you did on that that twitch spike and you know shove Xamarin forms views right into a, a native android application
2: I've I've heard two real use cases and uh like you were saying I, This is actually the easier one. Would be to take a a PCL or .NET standard library and just be able to call it from Java. Um, There's nothing hairy in that situation, like with having to deal with Java libraries or Android (laughs) or you know. Um, So that's going to be the easier path right now, Um, and I and I think it's it makes sense. I mean, it depends on what your library is. uh like something like JSON.net, you know, that Android has their own JSON parsing library, so it's hard to figure out, you know, what exactly what library makes the most sense to to use this for. Um the other thing I've heard is um let's say uh you you're on a team and you've switched to Xamarin and you have some old apps that you haven't ported to Xamarin yet, but you still have to maintain them. Uh it and you, and everyone hates to do it because they have to switch back from C Sharp to something else. You know, uh, this might be a path forward for them where they could start developing new features in C Sharp and slowly migrate the app from native to Xamarin. Um, so I think that's also a very good use case,
0: um, you know, for Embedinator. Yeah, and even you know, just speaking for myself, it just even t- taking the the UI stuff out of the equation, just having some ability to say, to, you know, and you can imagine a lot of companies are like this too, where they might be .NET shops by default, but then they have Objective-C and, and Java Android apps where maybe they want to do their they can share a lot of their maybe core business logic or do some really hard stuff in the language that they they know or they already wrote in, in a different area of code and just to be able to to run that from from native native code without having to assume the whole dependency chain at least right away i think is pretty exciting
2: yeah and, and if their um, legacy app is is so large that they don't have the time to port the whole thing immediately. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, in, in the past, you would have had to go the other way and like create a Xamarin app and then create a huge binding of all the existing stuff, uh, which I, I think Embedinator is a lot more usable than that.
1: So we, we've talked mostly about Android and iOS, um, but given that, you, know, you mentioned earlier in the show you can dump out just like C libraries and stuff, I, I would imagine this is also usable on Linux and you know, other platforms potentially? Uh,
2: Linux, not yet. Um, I think that's probably something they're working on. Um, I, my focus was specifically Android, uh, but if you think about it, the, the Java bindings actually depend on the C bindings Um, Mm -hmm. so they are being used in you know, Samar and Android Uh, it's using internally uh, a library called JNA or Java Native Access uh, to call into the C code from Java Cool.
0: and then on the the iOS side of things, like I know that that you're mostly focused on the the Android side so we won't try and drill you too deeply on the the deep mechanics of the iOS side, but, but I'm curious just what it's, you know, what some of the, the main limitations are like, or like what, what sort of the, the output is like, um, you know, is there an ability to do, is it just objective C or can you use Swift? Like what's the story looking like on that side?
2: Well, so Swift, um, it can call into objective C. So inherently if, you know, if we support objective C, we, it supports Swift. Uh, the thing I'm not sure about is if it actually generates idiomatic, you know, Swift code that, you know, it looks nice when being used in Swift. Um, I imagine they're still working on that area.
0: Um, so the, you know, kind of speaking to that idiomatic point, like, is that one of the goals then of Embeddinator? Is it when it spits out, say, an Objective-C uh, binding or, you know, library that you can consume from Objective-C, that it... Follows idiomatic Objective C standards, and then same for for Java. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and I I think that is kind of the 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 second part. You know, the first part is to actually get get it to work, embed a .NET library in this language, but then step two is like actually make it nice to use the .NET library in that language. Uh, and I would say we're you know part of the way there. Uh, it's definitely nice to use from Java. Because both the languages are very similar. Um, Objective C I have not really looked into it myself. I don't I don't quite know Objective C as well as I know Java or C sharp. So
0: you just put a lot of square brackets all over the place <laughs> yeah.
2: until
1: things compile, I think. And write really long names for things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you just
2: collapse namespaces into That's right. you know, one word. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, cause sort of going back to even my what I was thinking through before of, of use cases and, you know, even just having a, you know, compiling a net standard library down to Objective-C or something becomes a really nice avenue potentially for a company to offer up, you know, that might have, a, you know, a net standard library that they publish. And this could be a way to, to create an Objective-C version of that library. Um I guess it gets a little tricky in the, the publishing scenario because, you know, right now there's the the limitation you mentioned before of only having one of these in an application. Um, but it's certainly one path or one Avenue that someone could go down to, to start doing that sort of thing or take advantage of some crazy.net library that's out there. That's doing some cool stuff or like SignalR type stuff that doesn't, that might not have uh, a good objective C story too.
2: Yeah. And, uh, I think eventually, what the goal will probably be is for each language to have something up on you know whatever package management solution they have, um, and also you know ship some kind of shared component to make multiple uh, libraries work. So you know there could be a shared mono runtime um, that two of these other .NET libraries use. Now I think we're going to be a ways away from that, but uh, I I think it is a good goal to have. We'll we'll see how things go.
1: So how would I get started today with using Embedinator? And is it you know is it kind of far enough along that I could start using this in my apps and start shipping things? Um, what's what's kind of the new user story here?
2: Uh, so they they had a, their first release around build and uh, it was uh, Mac only back then, and so they shipped a package. Um, just installer for Mac and so what we decided to do for now is to put uh, something on NuGet and it includes just the executable compiled where you could pull it down and you could in a post build step um, have run it on your dotnet library or you know whatever you want to do uh, and so that's what it would look like it, let's say you have a you know a portable class library or a .NET standard library you could go get error off NuGet and add a single, you know, post-build step um, to output the library at whatever target platform you want to
0: support. And then, are, is it up to you then to to kind of call those commands, or does the NuGet package include any, say, uh, build targets or things like that that you could sort of work into your your project or your build steps?
2: Yeah, that's something for the future. Uh, for now, I've documented how to do it in both Visual Studio for Mac or Windows. Uh, and it's it's reasonable, but yeah, like you were saying, it would be the best if, if there was you know just some you know automatic MS build tasks that would make this happen. Uh, I think that might be mm-hmm. the next step.
0: Yeah, for sure, and it, it's definitely understandable that it's not the first thing that you would do. You know, first step is getting this stuff working. Um, so, as a user, let's say I, I put that into you know I pull down that new get package. I call out to the the embedinator executable. Um, you know, how how much configuration is there generally that I need to to give to that, and and how long does that really take to run realistically?
2: Uh, for the most part, you just have to say what language. Uh, you know, you're targeting and what platform. Uh, and then choose an output directory. You know, you may want to choose a different location uh, depending on what you're doing on, in your native project. Uh, what I usually would do is just put it in its own directory somewhere and then, uh, you know, in Android Studio, import the library <laughs> on the other side. Uh, it's not It's not the nicest, you know, workflow you're, you know, you're, spitting this thing out into a folder and then using it in the other project but um, overall it, you know it may only take uh, you know 10 15 seconds it's it's not gonna the the reason it isn't quicker is because it is running the linker um, but you know you could you could only put it on release builds or something like that
0: is there an ability to not run the linker to get quick and like massive versions of it or do you really need that whole step to run to kind of get everything compiled down correctly?
2: Uh yeah, it wouldn't be too you know, it probably wouldn't be too difficult to make that happen. Um yeah, I may look into that. Um there is a, a debug flag you could pass that does some things and you know that could be what we use for now. Um, yeah there's definitely some thought there and and if there's something you know people out there think is missing, like you know, kind of like this, um, yeah, <laughs> feel free to reach out to us or put an issue on GitHub. Uh, we're, right now, we're just trying to feel the
0: waters and see how people want to use this and <laughs> to figure out what to do next. So, <laughs> yeah, understandable. Um, and sort of to that point as well, like you know, again with the caveat that this is a a very new, very complicated thing. I imagine that. Uh, you know, if I'm a user, I'm coming in for the first time trying to set up all the, you know, this embedding goodness that there, there are probably some common like error scenarios and stuff that people might hit or, or stumbling blocks. Um, is that, have you seen that as well? Or like, are there kind of common things that we could call out for listeners to, you know, to, to look out for, or, you know, try to avoid making any stupid mistakes?
2: Uh, yeah, some things, um, that are just very simple, uh, like one I kept finding was that uh, there'd be an Android permission required, um, so they would have code that's just you know making web requests or whatever. Uh, you can actually define those with uh, assembly level attributes in your libraries, and you know obviously the so embed- does that get dumped
1: out to the the AAR file when you do that?
2: Yeah, so AAR files have an Android manifest, and they uh, it gets merged into the final. Manifest in Android Studio, uh, so you you can add a uses permission attribute and put internet, you know, uh, and that and that's the way I'd recommend doing it with an Cool.
1: So like, what uh, what's next that you're working on on the project? I mean, it sounds like the basics are kind of coming together. Uh, is there any you know glaring features that are missing that you're you're sort of working on right now?
2: Yeah, like I was saying. Uh, you know, there's some thoughts when you get into complicated libraries like the support library or Google Play Services. I think we could support those better. I think uh, we could support embedded Java libraries <laughs> inside the .NET <laughs> library. Uh, those are the ones that come to mind. Uh, right now, we're kind of, you know, looking for feedback as to figure out what people need and... Um, you know, it'll probably be a while before we can support every scenario, you know, um, but hopefully we can get the ones that affect a lot of people and, you know, make, make it really usable for
0: developers, you know, it's a a noble goal there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I know in the, like around when it was first announced, you needed to also kind of download some super alpha bits of, uh, Visual Studio for Mac and um, Xamarin Mac and Xamarin iOS and Xamarin Android and all that to, to get the, the right compiler chain to work. Is that still the case? Or is this, more, is this available through the normal distribution channels now?
2: Well, so I did have to modify Xamarin Android. Um, and what we did is we included a stripped down version of Xamarin Android in the NuGet package. Uh, so if you look inside there, you'll find a directory with this has Xamarin Android with a bunch of stuff in it. But um, since Xamarin is now tied to Visual Studio release cycle, it'll probably be a little while before those finally make it out where we can, you know, get rid of that. Um, I don't know the dates. You know, I'm new. I, <laughs> I don't know how that stuff works. But um, NuGet is is. Uh, is great in that we could ship stuff ahead of time, you know. So,
0: yeah, I like that. That's just like a total end run for you around the normal distribution pipeline.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and so, uh, you know, if you're going to put this in your own app, you know, uh, just be aware that we we took a master <laughs> build of Xamarin Android and put it in there. You know,
0: <laughs> it's a good call uh, out, but uh, yeah. it's definitely something you should start playing with. Maybe not shipping yet. Yeah. 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 Cool. And then I guess the real question becomes like when does Microsoft you know, put their foot down and change the name? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh is would it be called Microsoft.android? Uh, <laughs> Microsoft.iOS? Well, I
0: mostly I mostly meant the the name. Oh okay. we'll,
1: we'll see gotcha. how long Miguel can get away with that one. <laughs> We, we have a few more digits in the thousands that we can go to right we've got the nougatizer 3000 Embedonator 4 thousand exactly. I mean the, still lots of room to play here it's the new Microsoft
2: <laughs> well, and if it's it's under mono organization so I you know maybe they can keep
0: that name forever yeah we'll see <laughs> that's true I think it's even in the .NET foundation as well so maybe yeah. maybe it's golden <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway yeah I from my side like I said this is I think it's super cool tech. It's exciting. I know, like, I downloaded all the bits, like, right away after build, and it felt like damn magic to to call into a library from, like, a Xamarin Mac app and do do some cool stuff there. So um, I love the the work you guys are doing. Is there anything else that we should kind of call out before we, we wrap up the episode that we, we missed, or should people just go and start playing and sending you feedback?
2: Yeah, I think that's... Um... Probably the best, you know. We ha- I tried to write documentation as I was <laughs> developing this, so I-, I think I've done a good job at kind of doing a walkthrough. I made a couple videos. Uh, probably uh, the Xamarin Forms one is probably a little advanced, you might want to look at uh, the simpler one I did. <laughs> um, I-, I took uh, there was just a sample app I found on the documentation site where Charles Petzold had written. Uh, uh, it's like a finger paint demo, but I was able to get that simple application working with very few changes. Um, like I think I had to add one attribute maybe. Um, so hopefully that's more more like what people are trying to do and not some complicated
0: you know project. But. <laughs> that's <all> right. <laughs> now yeah. everyone's gonna come and send you all their complicated problems. <laughs> Welcome to the team.
2: Yeah. We have 27 assemblies. So it doesn't work, you know,
0: <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh-oh. Cool. Well, uh, Jonathan, thanks so much for, for one, for for t- chatting today about all this stuff, um, and two, just for coming back on the show. It's It's been too long since we've had you on, so I think this was long overdue as well. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time on Gone Mobile.